Welcome to First Congregational Church of Litchfield Sermon Podcast. Join us each week for a Bible-based Christian message. We hope God speaks to you through the things you hear. Let's get started. So it's a wonderful blessing to, to come back. I'm always surprised, like, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. You know, it's amazing because, uh, you know, I, I'm a descendant of the line of, of, of Aaron and being Hebrew and being spirit-filled. I can't really do a good job containing the joy and containing myself. So I come um, unpolished and raw, and what you see is what you get. And so I ask that you will hear the things that are being spoken this morning in spirit and not in the natural. Don't hear it in the flesh because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God anyway. So if your flesh gets offended about something that's said here this morning, well, that's just too bad because your flesh is not going into the kingdom anyway. So, so it's going to be all right. Hang in there. Hang in there because the King of kings and Lord of lords offended the most people ever, but he came to set the captive free. Blessed, hallelujah. So just before we have this amazing meal, the, the Lord's Supper, I feel the Spirit of the Lord wants to bring us back a little bit in time to understand the reality of this and what happened just a few hours after Messiah had this meal with his friends. Just hours after they had eaten this and Messiah threw, threw them off completely because he said, you know, this is my body. He's like, what, what, what are we, cannibals now? What is going on? This is so anti, this is so non-biblical what he's saying. And he says, this, this is my blood, drink. And are you kidding me? The Torah says that you cannot drink blood of any, anything. So what is he saying? What is it? Deep mystery. Deep mystery. As you know, I was talking to someone recently and they said, well, what does that mean? Was well, a deep mystery. There was a shift coming at that moment in time. You see, before we were just the people of God, but at that moment when he would die for us, a shift would take place. We would go from being the people of God to the temple of God. And you always bring blood to the temple of God and sprinkled everywhere. So that which was unlawful for the people of God was shifting because we were about to become the temple of the living God. And that might be a little bit, you know, difficult sometimes for us to understand. But the Spirit of the Lord wants to remind us of what happened. Just hours. Just hours after they had this meal. You know, they grabbed Messiah and they dragged him through the streets. They pounded him and, and beat him up. And there's yet no movie, no movie that has portrayed exactly what happened on that day. All the movie directors have the decency of putting some clothes on Jesus when he was being dragged in the street. I tell you the truth, when he was being dragged through the streets, he had no clothes on. If you could just imagine that on this day as, as, as he's being brought through the streets, being dragged naked through the streets, being dragged by his beard, being kicked Every single part of his body being beaten and, and bleeding and, 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 and the horrible thing that's happening to him. And you have to understand the reason why they put a crown on his head and his head was bound by a crown is so that we can have a free mind. There's nothing that should be oppressing your mind because his mind was bound so that our mind can be set free. There is nothing that our hands touch that shouldn't be a blessing because these hands were nailed so that our hands could be free to do the things of the, the kingdom of heaven. There is nothing that our feet cannot do because these feet were nailed so that our feet can be free to dance and move wherever we may go. 
Now I want you to understand that when they were dragging him through the street, I just want you to understand what it must have been like for the man who was paralyzed, who could never move his feet, could never move his feet, to see, to see that the, the one who healed him from his paralyzed feet now had his feet nailed to a pole. I just want you to imagine that, that the man who was blind, he could not see, he ran up to that hill and with his eyes now he could see and he could see the King of Kings and Lord of Lords hanging on a pole. Oh, he would have said to himself, I wish I would have never been able to see because I can't believe I just saw that. I would have preferred being blind for the rest of my life instead of looking at Jesus on the cross over there. I want you to imagine what it must have been like for the man who, who could not hear. And suddenly his hearing is okay. And what he's hearing echoing through the street is crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And it's like, no, no, no. Now he wishes he could not hear anymore because he had to hear something like that. I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine what it would be like to be the person who couldn't speak. And now you hear everybody saying, crucify him, give us Barabbas, crucify him. And the only thing you can say out of your mouth, say, no, no, but you're only one. And the voices of the thousands drown you out. How horrible that horrible day was. How horrible this day was. How horrible that this mother who nursed this babe, this special child who nursed him, now sees the lips of her son who once were suckling at her breast, now busted up, ripped into pieces, blood coming out of it. And she's like, that's my son. What's happening? What's happening? The hope of Israel, the hope of the world is gone. The hope is gone. The hope is hanging on a pole and it is dead. I want you to imagine how horrible this day was. And finally, Three days later, there's only one person who has the strength to run to the tomb to take care of what was left there. Mary Magdalene. You know those prostitutes, they're hardy, you know what I'm saying? They're crazy. They stay up, well, I mean, they really are. I mean, they do stuff that's crazy. The disciples are not going over there to check out what's happening. His mother is too messed up to even figure it out. This prostitute shows up. It's like, I need to see. I need to see. I need to see what they did with my Lord. And when she gets over there, she sees that the stone had been. Come on, somebody. Don't leave me up here by myself. I know you know the story. The stone had been rolled. I was, I'm getting nervous over here. Don't they know that? The stone had been rolled, and it couldn't be rolled by, 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 by like a woman or a few people. It had to be rolled by a lot of people. This is a big stone. It had been rolled. And when she saw it had been rolled, she goes, the first thing in her mind is like, what did they do with Jesus? What did they do with him? I got to find him. I got to find him. I got to find him. So and immediately she's like, I don't know what to do. 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 They stole the body of my Lord. I got to go find them. So she doesn't know what to do. So she runs all the way to where Peter and John are shaking and trembling because basically everything they ever gave their life for is completely gone. And now the Romans are coming to get them too. So they're frightened and they're hiding. And she's banging on the door. And they're like, Ooh, is it the cops? 
Is it the cops? And so, oh, that's a crazy prostitute who hung out with him. What is going on? He's like, shut up. Don't you know, woman? Don't you know that if they see us here, they'll come for us? And she says, you shut up. He's gone. They took him. They took him. He's gone. Peter and John says, what? Crazy woman. These crazy. What is she smoking? We know he's dead. We, we saw them go into the tomb. She says, no, he's gone. He's gone. So Peter takes off running. And behind Peter comes John. And it says that as Peter ran first, but John outran Peter. Now, I don't know if Peter was kind of chunky. I don't know if he'd been eating too much food. I don't know what happened, but Peter, he ran first, but he got outrun by John. And John, now we don't know it's John, see, because the way he writes it, he says, and the other disciple was with him, outran him. See, John don't want to take any attention to himself, being that he's the one. He says, oh, Lord, help me out with my microphone over here. Glory, thank you. Pray for me. Pray for me. Don't leave me up here by myself. All right, here we go. So here he's running. John don't want to bring attention to himself because he done outran Peter. You know, Peter's like, <laughs> and he runs right past him. Now listen to this. As soon as John got to the mouth of the tomb, he put the brakes on, and he would dare not go in. Suddenly, Peter catches up, and Peter runs right into the tomb. And looks around. He said, it's like that crazy woman said. The body's gone. And as soon as he told John, the body's gone. Then John entered into the tomb to look and see that the body was truly gone. So you may not realize this. But you see, John was a Levite. And Levites can't go near dead bodies because then they become unclean. So when John got there first, he can't enter into a place where there may be a dead body because he would be unclean. You may remember the story of the Good Samaritan who, you know, earlier there were two priests who came by and they wouldn't go near the body. We don't understand the fullness of that story. You see, as a priest, if you went near a dead body, you'd be unclean and you would not be able to go into the temple to take care of the things of the temple so there's more to the story than we understand so John wouldn't go in in case there's a body there when he realized there was no body then he said all right I'll go in and check it out now they looked around and how much you want to make about that when you're looking for the body of the Lord you're paying very close attention to everything that's in the room you gotta find him where did it go where did he go and this is what they found They found something, and John speaks about it. It says that the, the, the shroud that was wrapped around the body had been crumpled up. Oh, Lord. Anybody got some duct, duct tape? Duct tape. <laughs> Glory. Put that, put that on the... Put that on the notes for next time. Duct tape for the rabbi. All right, so the, the shroud that had been covered his body, that had wrapped his body in, was crimpled up and tossed to the side. Sorry. <laughs> I pray for whatever happened over there. All right, however, however, the napkin that had been used to wrap his face was folded, 
rolled up neatly and put on the side. And John mentions this. How much do you want to make a bet if the John mentions something and it's in the Bible, there's a reason for it. Body wrapping, tossed to the side. Head wrapping, folded neatly and put on the side. It is said that when a king would be sitting at a table, there'd be so much bounty of food, you never knew when the king was done because they kept bringing the food. And when a king would leave the table, the servants did not know, is the king gone? Can we clean up? Or is the king coming back? It is said that when the king had to relieve himself and leave the table, a banquet table for a while, if the king folded his napkin neatly and left it there, it was a sign for the servants, I'm coming back, leave everything as it is. But if the napkin was wrinkled up and tossed to the side, it meant the king is done. The king is not coming back. Can I prophesy to you this morning? He left this napkin folded because he's telling us, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Somebody ought to shout somewhere and say, he's coming back. Look at the person next to you and say, he's coming back. He's coming back. Oh, we're messing it all up this morning. Praise God, he's coming back. He's coming back. And so the two ran off. They go to the other disciples and say, you guys have no idea what we just saw. The tomb is empty, but there is a folded napkin up in there. We don't know what's happening. We don't know where he went, but he's coming back. And while they went back to the disciples, are you with me this morning? While they went to the disciples, Mary shows up because, you see, she had gone to get him, and then they outran her, and now she finally shows up after they leave. She gets up in there, and she's looking around. Now, she don't notice any of this. It's there, but she don't really notice it. She's walking around, and when she walks into the tomb, she sees something that John and Peter did not see. How many of you know that sometimes God will give you a revelation that somebody else did not see? God is giving you something that he did not give to John and Peter. When she walks in, she sees where the body had been laid. She sees an angel where the head was and an angel where the feet were. Come on, somebody. This got to mean something. An angel where the head was. And an angel where the feet were. And in the middle, that was nothing. Come on, I got to do it. Come on, didn't you guys watch Raiders of the Lost Ark? You should know what this is all about. An angel at the head and an angel at the feet. Can I tell you what she was seeing was this is a representation of the Ark of the Covenant because the Ark of the Covenant that had the Word of God in it had an angel in one side and an angel in the other and in the center was the commandments of God which is the Word of God that was sent from God to the people. Jesus was the Word of God. 
that had been sent from above. He is the word that became flesh to dwell among us. And there he was, except that on this moment, the angels are there, but the word is gone. Where did the word go? Where did the word go? The word left because the word of God cannot be contained in the box. The word left so that it could come and live inside each and every one of us. You have the word that was supposed to have been in that box living inside of your heart. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And if you have the word living inside of you, that means that you're a new creation. And now you understand why he folded the head napkin and why he tossed aside his body napkin. What he's saying is this. My head, my word is returning, but my body is not returning. You know why? You know why his body don't need to return and why he tossed his thing of the body to the side? Because you are the body of Christ. No need for a body when he has one right here. So this morning, as we partake of the Lord's Supper, may the Lord challenge you to a deep mystery to understand, oh, you're not taking in the body of Messiah. You are the body of Messiah that needs to be the substance you need to feed on the bread of life and your life is the blood of the lamb that flows through Emmanuel's veins you may play something father 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 we love you father we can't begin to understand the mysteries father that you've left for us father God but at one point, Jesus said, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to put his head. Do you remember that? Oh, he wasn't talking about a house or a bed. He had plenty of houses to stay in, plenty of beds to sleep in. That's not what he was talking about. What he's saying was this. I am the son of man, and I need a place where I can put my head. Can I use your body? Can I use yours? How about yours? The Lord says to you this morning, can I use your body to place my mind in you? So that when you move your hands, it will be my hands. When you walk, it'll be me walking. When you see, you will see with my eyes. When you hear, you will hear with my ears. When your heart beats, it will beat in synchronization with the heart of the Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, without revelation, we have been so focused on leaving this world to go to heaven 
<laughs> that we forgot that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him will not perish but have everlasting life. And how can this broken world believe on him unless they see him in us? Imagine if revelation would help us understand what would this world be like if instead of focusing on leaving to go to heaven, we would live our lives in such a way that the broken around us would recognize the peace of heaven is here. Heaven has come to earth. And then truly the prayer Jesus taught us would come true when he said, Our Father in heaven, blessed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And as the disciples sat there bewildered, he broke the bread and said, Eat, this is my body which is broken for you. And they ate. Thank you. You, you are like Levites. You are Levites.
And they took and they ate. same manner Messiah took the wine that was on the table and he said drink this is the blood of the new covenant that is spilled for you sometimes we don't know what this new covenant is the new covenant was spoken long ago when the Lord said the day will come declares the Lord that I will make a new covenant with my people I will take my word and I will place it in their heart and in their mind. And they will be my people. I will be their God. Thank you, Father. Wine, 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 blood. This was the reason when his mother said they ran out of wine for the wedding. He answered, my time has not yet come, woman. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking in spirit. I thought you meant I had to give my blood for my bride. <laughs> sorry. Oh, you mean these guys need some wine? Okay, let's get some water and we'll do that. He's always thinking in another dimension. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He was nervous. I just started this thing. I got to give it all. All right. So here we go. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. disciples without having any understanding whatsoever took and drank
this is the way that Aaron, the high priest of Israel, blessed the people of Israel. Being that you have the king of Israel within you, you are part of this family. So this is the blessing you receive. And the Lord said, this is how you shall place my name on my people. keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and give you his perfect, perfect, perfect peace. Shalom, shalom. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thanks for tuning in this week. We hope you're able to join us in person on Sunday morning. But if not, tune in next week for our next sermon. If you enjoyed this week's message, please share it with friends. Or for more information, visit www.fcclitchfield.com.